All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About You. My name is Scott Spinelli, Brian, you waiting on the other side of this introduction as per usual. This week's episode is a personal favorite, and I could do this one, uh, you know, blindfolded, uh, hands tied behind the back. It is an Ed Burns classic. She's the one with Jennifer Aniston, with Mike McGlone, with... I mean, how many more people, Brian? This movie is just such a Cameron Diaz. It is a classic of classics in my mind, um, although everything Ed Burns does is. And we will have a separate podcast, again, available for the uh, oft-talked-about and uh, frequently uh, mentioned uh, Patreon, uh, where we just go into what we like about uh, Ed Burns' facial features. But before we do that, Brian, how are you? I'm good. How's it going, Seth? Good, man. I, I, uh, I never, ever shy away from an opportunity to lean into something uh, about uh, about or involving Ed Burns. I, uh, it was a highlight of my life once when he retweeted me. I uh, I love. Oh Ed Burns. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember that moment because yeah, like, yeah, you 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 definitely made a big deal of it. Yeah, I it did. Is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a particular uh, particularly a hero worshiper in that way. Like I I have. I have a couple of people I really like. Uh, I joked with you a couple days ago, like my dream dinner party is like Dave Chappelle, Tim Duncan, and then Ed Burns, frankly. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, um, but I just find Ed Burns, first of all, he's adorable, right? I mean, the guy is gorgeous. <laughs> uh, and we can get into that again in the Patreon. But also, I just find him inspiring as far as sort of the work he's done. He's like a less problematic uh, 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 Long Island version Woody of, of Woody Allen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyway, did you see this movie when it came out? Uh. I don't think it was when it first came out. It was one of those where I caught it on, you know, like it was like a Saturday afternoon movie that was on, you know, like, you know, when when we were younger, you know, like one of those where like nothing else piqued my interest. I was like, oh, well, I'll watch this Cameron Diaz, Jennifer Aniston movie. And then, yeah, I ended up really, really enjoying it. It's it's also been one of my personal favorites uh, since I watched it. Um how about you? Did you catch this when it first came out? I don't think I did um, because it is a little adult. You know, I don't really think I would have been allowed mm -hmm. to watch this uh, when I was, what would I have been, 10 at the time, right? Uh, yeah, but right. <laughs> um, when I first sort of became of the age where I was aware who he was, this was the first time I was introduced to him and I devoured it, right? I mean, I just, nice. I loved him uh, and I love this movie and... Uh, for those of you who don't know, and I and I have a feeling like this, talk about a movie that doesn't quite fit in with the other ones that we've done. It came out the same time frame. It's a, a 96 movie, August of 96. And the other ones we've done are, you know, 99, 98, 2000. Uh, but this isn't a teen rom-com. This is more of an adult rom-com. Probably, mm -hmm. would you agree, the most quote-unquote serious one we've done? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's by far the mo most, like, artsy movie we've done, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Not it is not yeah. some sort of. Uh, it doesn't involve any teenagers, I believe, and that's a first, um, unless I'm missing one. Well, it's not. It's like it's not like it's. Curiously, it's like it's not really made for like a like a populist audience, right? Like, well, that's yeah, that's Ed Burns' whole thing, right? The independent yeah. Ed sort of thing, right? Um, and exactly. I, I may be referencing the book he wrote that I bought, um, you know. But either way, uh, yeah. <laughs> The, the 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 whole genesis of this story, right, is that um, he did Brothers McMullen, which won the main prize at Sundance, and then this movie uh, got made as a result of that movie. And this movie is basically about, for those of you who don't know, it is about two couples uh, and two brothers, the two brothers being uh, Ed Burns and uh, Mike McGlone, and the two couples being uh, Ed Burns and his girlfriend, who was his girlfriend in real life, and Mike McGlone and Jennifer Aniston, um, and sort of the intersecting of family and relationships 
uh, as they, you know, ones and, and money basically as they uh, intersect in uh, late 90s New York City. Is that is that a fair summation of what's going on? Yeah. Here? Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just like about family and relationships and, you know, uh, about, you know, kind of like what it is to, you know, uh, like be responsible and, and moral. Yeah, and there's a lot of crossover as, as far as the plot. Like, oh, wait a minute. Wasn't that the thing that was happening to this guy? All right, now it's happening to this guy. So, um, yeah. yeah, we could go on and on about what the book, uh, excuse me, what the movie is about. <laughs> and, I, and I'm happy to do it. And like I said, I, I could spend hours just describing uh, his wardrobe to you because, again, yep. I love the guy. I mean, I just. Or just anecdotes from his book, yeah. <laughs> exactly. This, is just, this whole podcast is just me reading you his book. <laughs> a, free, a free audio book. Um, yep. But in the interest of, uh, of of doing something that people actually might want to hear, let's let's flip a coin because I think that actually yeah. the sound of coins is more interesting than me describing Ed Burns's book. All right. So uh, as always, uh, heads is you, tails is me. Let's do this. All right. So it's tails. Oh. <laughs> so so uh, this is one of those instances where. Um, Obviously, you know, you and I are friends. I know of your uh, infatuation with Ed Burns. <laughs> um, so I'm actually, like, I'm curious to actually hear your dislikes about this movie. Okay, so, fair uh, enough. Yeah, it's it's one of those where, like, it's not a selfish thing. It's just, like, I kind of want to know, like, what you didn't like. Because I think I know what you liked about this movie. Yeah, and also, <laughs> let's just be clear here. I don't think anyone that's gotten nine episodes into this is afraid that I am going to suddenly not tell you what I like about Ed Burns here. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'm right. just going to suddenly go, well, I didn't get heads, so I'm not going to tell you anything I like. Yeah. Uh, I, this is, yeah. So, all right. Um, well, I've got the dislikes, and I will say, in fairness, and Brian, you and I talked about this, uh, as much as I love Ed and, you know, we're buds, um, I, <laughs> I, 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 this movie is not as perfect as I remembered it. Uh, there no, there, there yeah. are some dislikes to give, and I'm interested to hear what your likes are, because I, I know and have known that you, uh, you like him. I, I wouldn't say as much as I do, because the only person who likes him more no. than me is Christy Turlington. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into 10 things we like and don't like about She's the One. So my first like is, uh, uh, you know, as somebody who was uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, I am such a sucker for almost any movie that has this New York setting to it. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just like it's, it's so New York and like, you know, that like ground level, you know, like guerrilla shooting style, like obviously it's an indie movie. So like they're forced to do it, but like, you know, just like they're on location uh, in all these uh, places in the city and just like bouncing back and forth. And like, so yeah, that's, you know, that's like my biggest thing is just like, you know, especially growing up, like I just devoured all these like New York centric movies. And, you know, that's like probably why it appealed to me in the first place, like watching it um, was just like all these like very hyper-specific New York locales. Yeah, no, for sure. I think as someone who's not even from New York, but from New Jersey and close and northern enough New Jersey where I, you know, I get it, so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to live in New York because of movies like this. When I got older, I yeah. realized New York is a, you know, a, a, an <laughs> island filled with garbage. But like, um, yep. as, a, as, a, um, as an impressionable youth, I mean, it's movies like this, that romanticized thing, like something even about their dump of an apartment felt romanticized yeah right like um yep. 
And then also the great apartment that the brother has. But um, yep. the beach, even when they're at the beach, like everything about it, like you said, it just felt very real. And being from the area, you know it's real. It, it, it is, it is yep. exactly what it purports to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I have, there's one major dislike, but I'm going to save that for a couple here. And I will get to just one, one opening thing I didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. And this is small, but um, I didn't love... Uh, the Little League story at the end. Uh, do you remember the oh. Little League story? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And for uh-huh. a very specific reason, I didn't like the Little League story, and Ed Burns should know better than this. There would never be a situation wherein two brothers would be on a different team if they're playing at the same level of Little League, right? The, the crowning mm. story of this movie when um, Mickey, uh, who was Ed Burns' character, realizes that maybe he is the one that needs to let his brother have the win every so often. His dad points right. out to him, he goes, you know, when you guys were kids and you're playing a little league baseball and he grooves a fastball to you, you know, hoping he can strike you out. Uh, I had two problems with that story. First of all, 12-year-olds don't groove pitches. Okay, that's one. 12-year-olds <laughs> either throw strikes or they get uh, hit hard. They're, they're not good enough to groove. This is He's not Chan Ho Park, right? So right. <laughs> it's not like we're, we're confused about what he's doing. That's one. Two, yeah. I played little league. You, did you play little league growing up? I did not, but okay. Yeah. But like, I, you're familiar with how this works. They don't put, they yes. don't pit yes. siblings against one another. That's not a thing, right? <laughs> would, right. I mean, that would cause so much familial strife. Um, uh, so that was, I just felt like th- that could have been done in any number of ways for a guy. And the reason why it bothers me as a dislike, I know it's like nitpicky, but the reason why it bothers me is that this is an, not just an Ed Burns movie that he stars in, but he wrote it, right? And Ed Burns yes. is a baseball fan. And that's just a yep. weird miss to me, detail-wise, from Ed Burns. So, Oh, that's, yeah. That's really funny that you 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 plucked that out. Um, I watched this with Alexis, who, um, uh, my fiance, and she had never seen this movie. Ooh, okay. So, yeah. And, and she also uh, plucked out how clunky that metaphor was. Like, uh, and just like how it like didn't really make a whole lot of sense as far as like in the heat of competition and like you know and you know the lessons learned that you know uh, that the father was trying to impart. Yeah, I mean, so, I feel like it very easily could have been like at the family at the church softball game that happened, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. would have made more sense. There aren't organized little leagues that pit siblings <laughs> against each other. That's yeah. insanity. I mean, like, why would they right. do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you're totally right about how um, the whole movie, the rest of the movie, and this actually uh, is a nice segue into my next like, is how sharply written the the whole movie is. Oh my god! So yes, the, the, the yes. movie is like like is like perfectly written, and yeah, and then there's like that one like awkward metaphor that doesn't quite jive or fit. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's a nice segue into yeah. My next like is that. Um, you know, this is, this, you know, like, it's, it's funny that you, uh, you know, when you're doing, uh, the intro about, you know, when this movie came out and, and watching it as a kid, like, this might have been one of the first times I ever, like, realized that, like, a, a single guy could direct, write, and act in their own movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? So, so, like, so, and, um, and yeah, one of the things I, I, really really enjoy is just the the screenplay and the screenwriting of this movie um 
it's it's really really well done i feel like the dialogue's really sharp i like the vocabulary of ed burns i know i mean please i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) i know i know i feel like i'm like just fluffing you at this point (laughs) i have so many sentences written down where i just wrote down quotes that i loved but yeah 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 and um and the other thing I really liked about this movie um, on this on this rewatch is uh, and and hopefully I can articulate this um, coherently, but uh, I really liked the the format of the movie, sort of the the beats of the movie, the 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 way the movie was constructed. It almost reminded me of like modern era like Apatow type movies, um, but it's done in this like really subtle indie filmmaking way, which I really, really enjoyed. Right. Like, and it was like, an hour shorter that, than all of those Apatow movies yeah, too. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just like, there's like these like moments in this movie where like, you know, like them having the boxing match, you know, to resolve their differences and like the, the little montage of like, what, well, are you gay? It's okay if you're gay. Like those kinds of conversations, like, you know, it felt, like the uh, um, things that you see in like these modern, like, you know, big broad comedies, but done in like this really, really hyper-specific indie way. So, I, I also yeah, want to say, like by that. the way, I was very nervous that, because you have been between the two of us sometimes in the, in the thus far in this season, if there has been a quote unquote woke police, you have been a little <laughs> bit of, the, you've been somewhat of their, of their captain. And if you started this with a, with anything that had to do with, you didn't like the gay conversation that they had, like, I, hey, you know, that whole thing or the, uh, what, I'm going to get into my second dislike here, mm-hmm. which, which transitioned into it, which is there was a tick too much of the hooker shaming, I thought. Mm. Um, but mm. even within the hooker shaming, this is what makes Ed Burns so great, is that um, he even says, like, I didn't have a problem with it. And then the Cameron Diaz character, who, again, for people who aren't aware, she basically puts herself, she's a Wall Street uh, person now, but in college she put herself through by being a right. call girl. And... Uh, that comes up a number of times, but I feel like every time it comes up again, this is, this is just a bullshit dislike on my part because I'm already going into what I liked about it. Um, right. There just were a couple scenes where I was like, Ugh, they keep going back to the call girl shaming. However, um, even within the construct of it, like when he does it the first time when they're in the cab, uh, it's basically what any guy would do when he gets called out for having no life and no job, right? Or like, you know, you, you hit at me with something, I'll hit back at you with something, right? It's, with, yeah, it, it, yeah. It was like a spur of the moment, sort of like, yeah. Especially right. in the context of an ex that had cheated on you. This isn't just a casual friend of yeah. this, right? And then even yeah. at the end, uh, she's the character that has, she gets what she wants. She was, you know what? The guy that she's going to marry was her best client, so to speak. So um, I just, to, to tie that back into your point about like the dialogue and, the, and you know, some of those little like one-off scenes, uh, like, yeah, it, I could see how somebody might watch us and be like, well, what does it matter if he's gay? Like, what's the difference? But the movie, first of all, doesn't have a problem with somebody being right. gay. That's one. That's why it also doesn't come off poorly. But also to pretend as if that's not how these people talked or spoke about things like um, would be absurd. I mean, that, that is, that's why it feels so real, because that Irish dad scene with the Irish son in Brooklyn mm-hmm. or Queens or wherever they want to, you know, it's not just where it was filmed. Right. It's New York as a yeah. concept. Uh, that's how it would happen, right? Like that is, especially in yep. 1996. And so it's, it's felt so real. And then the fact that they could do it with a deft hand where it doesn't make, make you feel like they're putting down call girls or putting down homosexuals. No. Like it just felt, yeah, it just, I love it so much. All right, that was my second dislike. How much I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second dislike. All right, uh, are we on, we're on third like now? 
Yeah, they're like uh, I uh, I didn't realize this uh, growing up. Uh, so this was like a pleasant surprise uh, watching it again. But uh, the Tom Petty soundtrack. See, that was my dislike. Um, that was a dislike for me. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't really love well, Tom I mean, Petty. Though. Of, That's a thing. Yeah, part of it is like you kind of have to like Tom Petty. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the Tom Petty soundtrack really worked for me. I didn't realize that uh, growing up, but uh, but yeah, like uh, when I saw his name come up in the in the opening credits, I was like, oh well, now I'm gonna pay attention to this music now. So yeah, and then the like, and I also feel like it fits the like sort of the tone of the movie, the you know, the structure of the movie. Yeah. So it, for sure. Uh, yeah. Good, good job at Burns getting Tom Petty to, to soundtrack your, your film. Yeah. When I watched that movie, um, the first time or when I, excuse me, when I watched the, the, the special, like the DVD commentary of it, um, mm. he meant, he tells some basic version of a story that like he, they sort of just reached out to him on a whim. And then I don't think the initial plan, I could be wrong, but I don't believe the initial plan was to have him do the entire score. It was like, they were hoping he would do a song and then he yeah, wound up basically sure. just scoring the whole movie. And for a guy like wow. Ed Burns, who again was like riding really high off of brothers McMullen and Sundance, this was just like, right. talk about like your holy shit moment. You know, you're getting, yeah. you know, you're getting, it's like if I, if I knew that I was terminal and Dave Chappelle said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the narration on your, on your film. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine. That's yeah. amazing. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, again, I'm just going to quickly seed my lo dislike number three that I just don't happen to like Tom Petty that much, even though I agree with you. It did sound good and it worked, but I just don't really yeah. love Tom Petty. And yeah, it doesn't work for you personally. Yeah. And, yeah. But on the other hand, it's not like I wanted this to be, uh, you know, scored by uh, Public Enemy or something. You know what I mean? Like that would, <laughs> it would have been crazy if that was the case. That would have so. been. Uh, I think we should recut this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unbelievable! Yeah. If there's just some sort of like anti-police message running through this when there's like pictures of FDNY everywhere. Uh, in the yep. background yeah all right so yeah that's my third dislike whatever all right fourth like let's hear it what do you got uh my fourth like is uh as you know when i first watched this and and again on this rewatch uh i adore jennifer aniston in this movie yeah she she's great is, she's she really very is. delightful and and she and um like it, it uh it makes me sad that like halfway through the movie she sort of disappears for for her stretch yeah yeah yes. But yeah, I really, really liked uh, the character and uh, and and like her, like her performance. I thought was was really uh, really solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, was, I, I got a specific so example. If you don't mind, I wrote it down here. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Um, that like this was a perfect example to tie in your previous like of how great the writing is, right? Like they're having that really uh, sensitive, dramatic scene where she's basically confronting him about yep. the fact that they haven't had sex in so long. And she yep. keeps saying, like, if you're gay, you can just tell me. And he says, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And then he says, listen, I I'll just tell you, and I'm going to tell you, I'm in love with someone else. And there's a beat and a pause, and she delivers the line, who is he? Yep. And that, It's the, perfect. Yeah, the fact that they can mesh, it's a very serious moment in the film, and yep. it's done well. And then he goes, would you cut it out with that nonsense? Like the, the interplay there, the fact that these, they, they all, it's funny and dramatic at the same time to me. That scene was mm -hmm. a perfect example of how well it's handled, right? It's dramatic and comedic yep. exactly the same time. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100% agree. Uh, my dislike number four, and I'm saving the fifth big dislike, and it's a big one, and I, and I hate to even bring it up, but it's... Yep. It's hard to ignore the fifth one, uh, but I'm saving that one for the last one. The The other one is I didn't love um, the mom, the fact that the mom was never in it. Um, mm. I thought that was just, 
And I and I, I think I understand why. I mean, again, having watched the director commentary, like if you yeah. there's certain things where as an example, when he drops someone off in his cab, the, like one of the guys who pays, I think right before Cameron Diaz gets in, he just hands him money. He doesn't say anything. And the reason for mm. that is that if he didn't, if, because he didn't use any lines, they didn't have to pay him. They got to pay him at a different rate. Gotcha. Right. And so like having a mom would have just been more money and more expense. And they didn't really have that. Right. Yeah. Um, and it kind of worked. I just remember thinking like all of the other, like, like you talked about gorilla shooting scenes where they would, you know, it's very local and all that. Mm-hmm. If they, it was done so well as such that you wouldn't even notice it necessarily, right? Right. Whereas, no, definitely not. Yeah. yeah, whereas the mom thing, like, went out of its way to never even... Like, I'm not sure if there was anyone in that uh, that station wagon when the mom drove away. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right? like Yeah. The mom thing just felt <laughs> almost like a touch weird that she was never there at all. Yeah. There were no pictures of her. It, it, it was That was a little... It's not to say the mom character wasn't important. It just was bizarre that there was no mom at all. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Even even um, as a kid watching this, I thought that was like a odd choice because, yeah, because like three quarters into the movie, you're kind of like, OK, maybe this is like an artistic like choice that they're making. Right. You know, like th- there's a story choice to it. And then ultimately, yeah, I'm kind of with you where I think you realize like, oh, they just, you know, they they only had the budget for. 12 actors. Exactly you know, right, so. yeah. Especially because in Ed Burns' hands, he crafts parent characters that are some of the best in the movie. I mean, Jennifer Aniston's oh, sure, yeah. parents are incredible. Frank, oh, Frank great, Vincent, yeah. And I, I don't know the actress who plays um, uh, mm. Jennifer Aniston's mom, yeah. but those two are great together. And yeah. as is uh, uh, the, uh, the dad, uh, John... Um, uh, John, John Mahoney. John yeah. Mahoney's excellent. I mean, yeah. talk about just knocking things out of the park, right? Like, so that's what was so funny. Is like, it just... It makes you wonder, like, you're telling me that he couldn't have really written the funny mom character? Like, I, I, I know you could have. Why didn't you do yeah. it? You know? So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's my fourth dislike. What do you got for like number five? So my final like is, so I, I'm cheating a little bit here. But um, so I think, you know, when you and I do these things, um, I think we both kind of take the same approach where, like, we sort of take notes like you know we jot down notes as we're watching like you know uh scenes or lines or things that like kind of pluck out to us and in this one like 10 minutes in i just stopped taking notes because i just like i just wanted to watch the movie yeah no argument there yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and like and and i realized it's like like i'm turning that into a like of the movie but yeah i think that just like speaks to the quality of the movie that i just was kind of like you know what like i don't want to be distracted i don't want to be like looking at a pen and pad you know or on my phone jotting notes like Uh, yeah i I completely get that you just wanted to enjoy the movie because it was that good i mean yeah the only way i could get through (laughs) drive me crazy was by taking notes right like it's the only way yeah like some of these movies are like uh, there's almost too many things that are happening on the screen where you're like well you know like I have an opinion about that, and I have an opinion about that. But yeah, 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 yeah. this one I just wanted to like just let it wash over me while I watch while I watched it. All right, so final dislike here for me, and I'm going to settle into this one is, and I know I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you agree with me on this. Um, and I hate to say it, Ed. Uh, you know, you know, I love you. I hate mm. anything negative about any of your movies. Even listen, I saw Looking for Kitty. Uh, <laughs> I've seen some of the ones that nobody has ever seen. Um, no looking back with John Bon Jovi. Like I've seen him, but this part is what bothered me about this movie, which is in a word casting. Okay. Mm. Uh, 
his girlfriend in real life at the time and in the movie is Maxine Bonds. And she was also the object, uh, the, the, the object of his desire, shall we say, in The Brothers McMullen. Mm-hmm. And it became apparent, based on what became of her career after the fact, uh, that it wasn't just our opinion that she couldn't uh, act. It was everyone else's opinion, too. Yeah. And I would argue that as I was watching this, I remember thinking some of the worst scenes in this movie are with Ed Burns in it, not because of Ed Burns, but because of her ability to not carry one ounce of the weight in the scene. Um, yeah. And I hate to slam, you know, it's like, you know, you hate to be rude about it, but the reality is is that everyone else here has some serious chops, it feels like. And what bothers me from a casting perspective is when you think about, all right, you've got Leslie Mann, in this movie, right? You've got, is that her name? Leslie Mann, right? Yeah, Leslie yeah. Mann. Yeah. yeah, you've got Leslie Mann. You've got Cameron Diaz. You've got Jennifer Aniston. You've got Amanda Peet, right? They're all playing roles of varying degrees here and, and are memorable in various ways in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And none of them play the girlfriend. If you had simply kept Maxine Bonds in the movie, I'm not saying, I get why you want to put your girlfriend in the movie. You got, you know, that kind of, that makes sense. Right. But if she had just, just honestly, if you just swapped her with Leslie Mann, right? Yeah. How much better is this movie? Like, I mean, it's already yeah. pretty damn good. But in fairness, the crux of it is their relationship. And she is, at best, I would say Maxine Bonds is unbelievable. right? <laughs> like unbelievable <laughs> in the sense that she is not to be believed. That is the best yep. you can say about her. Um, yeah. She, I was reading a description, a, a review. They were like, yeah, she grins in all the weirdest places. It's true. Mm. She's like, yeah. even from the, from Jump Street, when she leans forward in the cab right away, the way her voice sounds, quite frankly, just isn't, there's just something not there for me about her. And I, and I don't, and I read other reviews and it's, and, and again, I, I'm happy to know that I'm not the only one that thinks this because otherwise it's like, well, you're just bashing this little known actress. But I, I really right. think she's the worst part of this movie. And I don't think it's close. Yeah, I mean, we, you and I, we we don't really harp on uh, the acting performances in these movies because you know acting is hard and you know like you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But like, the, yeah, this one in particular, it kind of stands out, uh, especially I think kind of uh, you know to your point when you compare it to exactly uh, the other the other characters, like like you know it, the the movie jumps from like. Um, I think ca- the Cameron Diaz uh, performances, I think, is a really good um, comparison point, right? So the character is written really well, and Cameron Diaz performs the character really well, right? Like, uh, you know, yes, like, I agree that the movie does, like, it veers towards, like, this, like, hooker shaming a, a little bit uh, um, frequently, but the movie always keeps uh Cameron Diaz in like a position of power right like it it never like belittles her and you know like there's multiple scenes where like she has the last word or like she gets off like a like a biting comment right she, she um and part of that I think is yeah to at Burns's credit his skills as a writer but and then also Cameron Diaz's performance of agreed yeah uh, yeah and then it jumps to another scene where then it's like uh, a scene between uh, Hope and, and Mickey. And yeah, and then you can just tell that there's like this huge gulf between <laughs> between the oh acting performances. She can't even handle her scenes with Ed Burns, who, as much as I love him, is no one's idea of a, an Academy Award winning actor. I mean, I love Ed Burns, but Ed Burns has a lane, right? He has a and I love that yeah. lane. 
But, you know, yeah. you're not going to see him, uh, you know, he's not uh, Daniel Day-Lewis where, like, you know, he's going to be doing any some, you know, <laughs> some crazy roles. Right. Um, I, I, the way the analogy I would make is that Maxine Bonds in this movie, unfortunately, is the Christian Leitner of the Dream Team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, it's it's <laughs> she is still a, I'm, I mean, she's still a professional actress and she's still acting in stuff as of now, I believe, or as recently as a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's not like. She's some like person who's who doesn't deserve to be on screen at all. I'm not, but when you right. surround her, she didn't look as bad in Brothers McMullen because Brothers McMullen was basically shot on the equivalent of an iPhone in 1994. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was, um, and like all the other people in the movie were sort of like within that like range of yeah, they were green and or yeah, indie actors. Yeah, right. Yes, and then in this movie. Again, it's very much like what we talked about, the difference between 10 Things I Hate About You and uh, a movie like um, She's the One. Or, or excuse me, She's All That. Because yeah. uh, you see that in 10 Things I Hate About You, almost uh, like seven of those actors and actresses became uh, you know, adult actors because they were good. Yeah. And the same thing, and then yeah. that movie is better as a result of it. Same thing with, and then where yep. She's All That, like most of them didn't really do a ton afterwards because they weren't that good. And yeah. all of these people, I mean, like Mike McGlone, I know didn't have an amazing career, but like in that lane is a good actor, right? Uh, Cameron Diaz yep. is great. Jennifer Aniston is yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Leslie Mann is is great. Uh, who's the other yeah. one? That I'm I mean, Amanda yeah. Pete. Yeah. And 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 the and the parents, yeah, John Mahoney, Frank Vincent. Oh these my are god! Great actors. Yeah, they're yeah. so good. And so, you know, like even like everything about. I mean, I hate to just keep bashing her, but like everything that she did just kind of irritated me. Like the fact that I understand that she doesn't really want to tell him about Paris, but like even the way in which she communicates it, like yes, is yeah. so irritating. So are you coming? You know what I mean? Like a like a petulant child, she delivers the line. Um, and yeah it's just it, yeah again it's just like you know Cameron Diaz plays like the icy uh you know independent woman you know and Jennifer Aniston is like the longing housewife and like like those could have been just like one note characters but like there's depth to it in their acting performances For sure yeah 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 and yeah and and yeah hope was just like like, I couldn't even tell what she was feeling, you know, scene to scene. Oh, absolutely. And and I every time I've watched this movie in my life, I honestly keep thinking, you know what? Maybe you were just, you know, you, didn't, you know, you, it show, her performance will get better with age. And in fact, it has the it's the opposite. I hate yeah. it even more. I hate it. I hate it more yeah. every time because I'm like, you know, you ruined this thing uh, that could have been like. I think it's fair to say, right? Like, if we're doing like a you know view from thirty thousand feet here, this is not a perfect movie, right? But think about what it is that isn't perfect, right? Like, what is it if yeah. you had to drill it down to one thing that's like the real problem with this? And it's her. I mean, honestly, yeah. if the if the main character's love interest was played just even on an equal level to Cameron Diaz or Jennifer Aniston, right? Just even equal, not as or just a slightly below. This movie bumps up. I mean, it's it's a classic at that point. I, I think, yeah, honestly, I, I really agree. believe that. I honestly believe. I agree. Yeah, I am. Yeah, like yeah, we're we're not saying they had to find 1977 Diane Keaton. Yes, exactly. You know, for, this, exactly. for this movie, but yeah, but like if they had gotten even close. Well, that's what I mean. It, that's why I <laughs> noticed. I said if you had swapped her, I didn't say swap her with Cameron Diaz, and I didn't say swap her with um, uh, Jennifer Aniston. If you swapped yeah. her with Leslie Mann, so she still had a role, and right, and so yeah. she could have been that kooky bartender friend, or yeah, swap right. her with Amanda Pete so that um, so she's the sister, yeah. And again, not a huge role, but has a role. 
There is yeah. no way on earth that this movie isn't appreciably better with Amanda yeah. Peet as the uh, uh, girlfriend or as uh, or wife, I should say, or um, yeah, with what's her name Agreed. as the wife? Yeah, um, I'm blanking on her name now. Yeah, uh, as uh, Leslie Mann as the wife. It's just it, it's impossible. Yeah. The movie would have been better by yeah. a factor of ten, you know. So yeah, uh, unfortunately, I I have to agree with that yeah. too. So all right, well. Let's see. What do we want to do here? I mean, I got some quick hitters, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell me quick hitters of what you liked. Yeah, so I, I think we hit, we touched on it, but everything that the dad, every scene John Mahoney's in is unbelievable. Mm. I mean, he is yeah. so quotable and so funny and so absurd and such a good encapsulation of that uh, father that is trying his best, but like yep. also doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but isn't a cartoon. Yeah. Like it's such a, again, the, I think this movie, outside of Maxine Bonds, is such a good balance. Like everyone, mm-hmm. everyone's got a little bit of balance to them, right? Like just when you think that it's Mike McGlone is such an evil Wall Street clone, he has a little humanity to him, right? Like yep. everyone's got a little bit. Like you see his humanity as it relates to that he thinks he loves Cameron Diaz, right? And the same thing with John McGlone, like I, or John John McGlone. I'm combining the characters now. John uh, Mahoney. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite lines from the movie, and I just uh, is the uh, when they're debating whether or not she's an illegal, and if she's there to get a green card, yes. is yeah. the uh, I think she, I heard she's from one of the islands, and Ed Burns mutters, "Yeah, Rhode Island." Yeah, Rhode Island. And <laughs> I I still that 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 line will come up in my family every so often. Um, <laughs> like, if, like you, you want to go on a vacation on the islands? Yeah, Rhode Island's nice this time of yeah. year. Um, let's see other quick hitters. Um, yeah, again, from the dad when he says, so let me get this straight. Uh, you don't want to cheat on your girlfriend with your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was great. a great, great line. Yeah. yeah, and there's so many more of those. Um, he says, dad, you don't even believe in God. He goes, that doesn't stop me from being a good Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, like there's just so many different lines like that I thought that were great. And my other quick hitter thing is that the brother thing outside of the faulty uh, Little League analogy uh, did work very well. I thought that um, – the the interplay between them as brothers uh, oh, felt sure. extremely yeah. real, right? Um, I mean, all, yeah, the families very like very much felt real. Like yes. I believed Jennifer Aniston and Amanda Pita sisters. Yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. every yeah both yeah. families too. That's another thing. A lot of yeah. times in these kind of stories, it's it's like only the Ed Burns family and character feels real, and then yeah. the other ones are sort of just like, well, we didn't really have any creative energy to spend it, left on yeah. the rest of them. But that is not the case. I mean. Nope. It, it, yeah. They all feel really strong and good. Um, and yep. my final thing is that I love the awareness that this movie has in various points. Meaning, when you first see Ed Burns in a cab drive as a white cab driver, you think to yourself, <laughs> you, honestly, I think if a young person saw this movie, they'd be like, "Holy shit, this movie is dated, right?" Like a white <laughs> cab driver. First of all, what are cabs, right? First yeah. of all, and second of all, a white <laughs> cab driver in New York City. A white English-speaking cab driver in New York City. Yeah, and then it looks they, like Ed Burns. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing too. He's too good-looking to do that. But um, I will say randomly, as a side note, I was in Toronto once. Most beautiful-looking people, men and female, male and female, that were doing like menial tasks, like that. In, really? In, huh? Yeah, that in America are reserved for the ugly. Uh, you know, people that look like you and I do these kind of jobs. Quite frankly, not yeah. people that look like yeah. they're on TV. Um, and right. I remember when we were crossing into Canada, the person that was checking our ticket was like really good looking. The guy who was selling hot dogs was good looking. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. Anyway, um, I like that the movie is aware enough to make that point. I think Cameron Diaz yes. is the one who delivers the line. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, you know, you're, you're a loser. The only, yeah. yeah. You're the only white right. uh, English speaking cab driver in New York. Don't, doesn't that say anything to you or something like that? And again, 
it just felt aware in that regard and of its time, but timely as well with all the different languages, like the fact a lot of babes and the, like, mm-hmm. and, and the cigarette smoking and all that. Um, a lot of cigarette smoking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, and I'm just I'm in love with the language in this movie. It's just the way in which they deliver a dry comedic line, you know, uh, Ed yeah, Burns. The conversations are fantastic. Yeah. Oh. My God. Yeah. Those like talky type movies, which is what this is, right? Like, yep. uh, you know, just like the scenes where Ed Burns is saying things like, you know, it just it just dawned on me, Franny. You haven't fully evolved yet, have you? Like, yep. <laughs> like again, I don't know how it was in your house, but like my dad talks to me that way. Like that is mm. <laughs> like that is and, and my mm. siblings and I interact in that way. And we didn't we didn't. It's not like we didn't speak to each other prior to 1996 and then watch the movie and learn how to talk to each <laughs> right. other off yeah, of the film. Right. You know, yeah. so uh, it just felt very real and very true. So, yeah, yes, that, that's my love fest. Let, let, let me, you got to have some quick hitters on either side. What do you got? Yeah. So uh, the only one I really, really wanted to share uh, as far as a dislike was uh, the uh, comparison of Jennifer Aniston to a 74 Buick. <laughs> like in what? <laughs> yes. In what in what planet is Jennifer Aniston anything like a seventy four Buick? That's right? a great like, question. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah. So that was my that was my big dislike of it. Uh, you know. You want to um, just provide the context to that though, so people know what you're referring to. Oh yeah, so it's like so. What's the context? So uh, Francis is like uh, uh, kind of trying to explain why he's cheating. Yeah, right? he's gonna he's get divorced. He's gonna, he's gonna explain it to his dad yeah, why so he wants like, to get divorced. Yeah, so he's like, you know, like imagine driving a '74 Buick all your life, and then you know, uh, uh, what does he say, a Porsche, right? And then yeah, I think it's a Porsche, a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, Porsche comes along, and it's like, okay, so then yeah, in this uh, analogy, Cameron Diaz is the Porsche, but Jennifer Aniston is a it's a beat up jalopy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, with all the things that got said in this movie, that might have been the most devastating insult of all. Yeah, right. Uh, definitely. I mean, people are called um, all different type types of curses and insult their uh, to them to their core. But that one might yeah. have been the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Um, and then my other thing is it's it's not a, a a dislike of the movie per se. It's really just a personal grievance that's related to this movie, and it's it's that man. I really wish uh, movies like this were on TV more often. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. How about just made? Period. Yeah, May period. Yes, May period. But, um, but yeah, I just like you know, I'm like I miss you know. This is my like soapbox. Old man yells at cloud moment. But, uh, yeah, I just kind of miss the days when like, uh, you know, like TNT or TBS would just like have these like you know like smaller, like art house movies. You know, instead of just like showing you know, seven Transformers movies in a row. Oh, yeah. And, and let me add to that, okay, if we're getting on soapboxes. <laughs> I will say <laughs> that... If we, I, I will just say that I think what I love about this movie is that it is, is an independent art house movie, but it's for regular people, right? Yes, and agreed. So yeah. many times yeah. I'll come out of an independent-ish movie or even one of those Wes Anderson movies thinking, what the hell just happened here? Like, why well, does it's everyone a, yeah, like, it's like it? It's, it's made for a very narrow audience, those yeah. kinds of movies. Yeah. Or like, yeah. or how, how many times do you come out of one of those, um, like as an example, I don't know if this, this doesn't qualify as, maybe it qualifies as an indie, but it's that small walkie-talkie romantic comedy. It's on uh, Apple... Uh, Right, and Apple Plus right now with uh, Rashida Jones and uh, Bill Murray. Oh, 
Yes. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter what the point of it. You, if you want to think yeah, of the name yeah, of it, but yeah. the point is, you, people know the name <laughs> of this movie if they were to look it up, and they know the movie we were referencing. It just came out within the last year. Um, but yeah. as an example, I watched that movie, and I left it thinking, eh, it was kind of funny. Like, it was a little highbrow uh-huh. in places I didn't quite get. You know what I mean? Like, wh- I, I remember yeah, leaving yeah. it thinking, like, what am I supposed to take out of this? Whereas this movie, it, it's, it's that rare indie that is for regular people. And I mean that in the mm-hmm. nicest way because I am a regular guy, right? Like you're a regular guy. I mean, we have a, we like things that are sometimes higher brow yeah. too. But that I mean, right. it's it. Not all low brow shit has to be transformers, right? Like it. This is, and and that's what I love about this that it's not just. Yeah. yeah so that I, I just wish that these kind of movies were made more. And it's a bummer that like if there was ever a time where you would think he would be able to make more of these movies, and I don't know if he's involved more with his kids or whatever. Um, yeah. But. You would think with all the different streaming services, this would be the era for that kind of thing because it's it's not like you have to worry about box office return. But he hasn't right. done any movies in a long time. The only thing he's got now is this show on epics called Bridge and Tunnel. I don't know if you've heard about it. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, you know what? I did hear. Yeah, I, I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah, and he plays the dad, and it's good. I mean, if you like Ed Burns, I, I think it's definitely <laughs> worth a watch. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it. I mean, there's not a th- I, I'm not a good judge of it because I'll watch everything he does, I'm in. Uh, so, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. They don't play these movies enough. They don't make them enough. And more than that, they, this kind of movie hasn't really been made in general enough. This extremely accessible indie movie. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. All right. So as we transition there, we talk about how uh, these movies don't get made as often because of box office pressures. Let's go to the box mm. office game. Um, Three million is what it cost uh, budget wise. Uh, what mm. do you think this movie did at the box office? Again, just as a reminder, we always yeah. like to give you a little sense here. Uh, it came out in August, uh, end of August in 1996. Uh, and this was, I believe, his first like big release because the movie before that was Brothers McMullen that did very well. Uh, but Brothers McMullen was also for, I, I want to say they moved the movie for like $20,000 or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. I want to say that probably was only like a half a million yeah, no, no, no. I, it was actually twenty eight thousand dollars is what they made that movie for. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then they made ten million off of it, which I I was reading something that was like that's one of the most successful movies, you know, relative to its budget of all time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because you know they made it basically for like you know what a guy at McDonald's makes. It's unbelievable yeah. that they made a whole movie for that. Anyway, all right. So uh, like I said, just as a reminder, we've got uh, a three million dollar budget came out in August of nineteen ninety six. What say you for the box office return? Ooh, okay. You know, I was gonna say, like, yeah, I was gonna be, I was gonna say that I'd be surprised if this even made ten million. Um, but that note about Brothers McMullen making ten. Yeah, that's why I wanted to put that in there, just to sort of. Yeah. But don't get too so, nuts on that. Yeah, but so I'm gonna guess twelve based on the Brothers McMullen. And I'm gonna say you're right note. because it's thirteen point eight. And that is ah. well done. Very well done. Nice. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is that very few people really remember Brothers McMullen in terms of like that doesn't get played anymore. Talk about never getting played anymore. No. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yet this movie to me didn't get – it just doesn't get – I mean, again, Maxine Bonds ruined it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but like it should have done more than uh, 5X basically, right? Like, yes, it should have I done agree. More than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, let's go to She's the One on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, sadly, this does it. This only crosses the ten thousand plus ratings. 
on the mm. audience total, uh, the amount of uh, audience rating. That would make sense based on the box office too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's proportional. Um, and it'll also make sense in the amount of uh, listens that this one gets relative to our other ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I actually didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one, we're doing this for me and you pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, what, who, um, what do you think this movie did uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Me? Uh, so Tomato Me, they're, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, 71 for the tomato meter mm, 61, 61. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's a lot lower than i would have thought than i would have thought yeah huh. and i didn't want to color you but i was gonna give you a um just a reminder that maxine bonds was in this movie so yeah um, uh yeah you know yeah. so she was a, a central figure in the film uh, yeah, so. that could be a 10%. Uh, I honestly um, believe it is. I really think it's as simple as swapping that out. I mean, imagine if the coach of the dream team was uh, was so insistent about getting Christian Leitner 35 minutes a night. The, still... If the coach of the dream team was Christian Leitner's partner yeah. <laughs> and, and insisted on Christian Leitner playing uh, 41 minutes a I mean, game. Yeah. yeah, they're still going to win the games. They're not losing to Angola, but like... You remember you looking at it and you're like, um, hey, you know, in fairness, this team would have been a lot better if Christian Leitner didn't play, right? And that's kind of yeah. what we're looking at here. Yeah, maybe if that Charles Barkley guy had played a little bit more. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have a letterbox review? Yeah. So I have a, I have a review from uh, And Whale, um, uh, who watched this uh, last October. Um, all right. So the review says, Back in the 90s, if you're a minimum 4 out of 10 guy in New York City, you got to smoke a pack a day, have 18-foot ceilings, <laughs> and five gorgeous women a year would make a pass at you. Three stars. <laughs> oh, boo. Oh, wait, three out of five? Three out of five. Oh, three okay. Five. All right. I'm sorry. I was thinking yeah. three out of ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. No three, no, three out of five. So I'm yeah, thinking like three. Like I'm, I'm still on the the, uh, the rotten tomato meter thing of like uh, out yeah, of 100. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. I... Listen, that made me laugh. <laughs> if you if I can just go on a quick Ed Burns soapbox real quick, one more is that if you do oh, like please. this movie, f folks, check out some of his other ones. And I would highly recommend the following. I would recommend uh, Sidewalks of New York, I think, is a good movie. Have you seen that one? I have not. No, no uh, that, that one I missed. That one's a good one. Again, none of these are like the greatest thing you've ever seen. But if you if you came away from this movie thinking, I just like Ed Burns' thing and the and the style and relatability and the writing uh you know you just mm. want to watch more of that i would recommend like i said the following uh purple violets is a great movie that one came out in 2007 that's got deborah messing in it mm. uh and selma mm -hmm. blair uh then i would also like i said i would recommend um sidewalks of new york there's a ton of people in that movie that one's also a good one and um and then the last thing i would recommend is a little slight difference uh, in terms of tone but still the ed burns essence is the movie confidence which is more of a mm. um how would you just is that like a it's like a, a thriller, yeah, drama. yeah, yeah, drama thriller, but it's like a has. crime crime thriller, exactly yeah. right, yeah. But it's done with this that Ed Burns touch. Um, it's it's almost as if to say like if you liked Woody Allen and Woody Allen did a crime thriller, it would still sound like Woody Allen. This is the same yeah. idea, right? Like it's still yeah. you know that Ed Burns is still the lead here, even though uh, I don't believe that he wrote uh, Confidence. So no, yeah, those are my uh, Ed Burns wrecks. Um, yeah. I will second the confidence recommendation. It's it's one of my like all time favorite like like kind of uh, crime thriller you know type movies. Yeah. yeah, and it's light and it's like a whodunit type thing, like putting yep. all the pieces yeah. together. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, yeah. 
Whew, boy, I, I honestly, yeah, I mean, I don't have any more to say. I mean, I do have more to say, but we have to cap this, I think, at under six hours. So do you have anything else you want to add in before we tell people what's coming up next? No, this is a, I mean, I would recommend, like, if you got this far, hopefully you've actually seen the movie. But if you some, if if you haven't, yeah, I, this is one that I would highly recommend that other people, uh, other people check out. I think it's, like, uh, criminally underrated. I just, uh, I don't think this is one that, like, um, is like in the popular culture enough um and yeah it's 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 uh, delightful yeah absolutely agree and it is not it doesn't get nearly the love it should but it and it is by no means a perfect movie like i am not we are not i at least i i think i speak for brian when i say this that we are not making it out to be like oh it's the it's it's the greatest no it's not it has some it could be better yeah because of sure. because of one specific person um but <laughs> but uh it is still absolutely worth a watch and if you are into rom-coms of a certain age and from a certain area this movie has to hit at like a 95% rate right it just has yeah. to yeah so yeah i think that's part of i mean you and i specifically obviously yeah for sure yeah, we're I in that that's... we live in that area we're of that age and we like rom-coms yep. there's just no way for us yep. not to like this movie yeah, exactly. And it stars like really good looking people who are know, yeah, so. who are good and good looking. It's yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. It's really great. So, all right. Uh, next week in our final uh, episode of this quote unquote season, uh, air quotes there, uh, we are going to be doing uh, this movie. I don't think did that well in the theaters. It's called There's Something About Mary. Have you heard about this one? Mm. Oh, this is a yeah. it's an this is another indie a little small uh, rom com they put out in uh, 1998, yeah. Um, but yeah we're gonna get to there's something about Mary a uh, little two step with Cameron Diaz, uh, I love this movie I'm sure you do as well uh, there's something yep. about Mary, uh, but yeah we're gonna get to that one that'll be the final quote unquote episode of this season uh, grouping if you want to call it that'll be uh, all movies from let's say 1996 to 2001 or whatever it was of that Ish, era. Yeah. yeah exactly of rom coms. Uh, and if you're looking to watch along with us, it is on, I believe it says here that it's on Sling TV. So I guess if you have Sling, mm. it's already like a, it's on video on demand on Sling. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Hulu if you have a subscription there. So there are a number of ways uh, to watch uh, uh, There's Something uh, About Mary. And I believe uh, it says here that it's on Freeform. So if, you know, that's one of those channels that Ooh. nobody actually asks for, but they have. Um, so you could probably uh, DVR it on Freeform. So. In short, no reason not to watch. There's something about Mary. So, as we wrap up here, Brian, uh, unless you got something else, I think we'll uh, we'll sign off here. You got anything else you want to say about Ed Burns? Last chance. Ooh, uh, Ed Burns, you're a very good looking man. <laughs> yes, he I, is. I mean, oh god, I thought we were done, and here we're back. Oh no. man. Well, it, it's funny. Literally, like every like 27 minutes of this movie, either me or Alexis made a comment about how good ed burns looked in this movie like what like whether it was his hairstyle or his wardrobe or yeah just hey, i mean hold on okay i know we're now over 50 minutes has he ever not been good looking that's the other thing this no guy's no been, well yeah that's yes yeah. this guy's been a smoke show for 30 years i mean what's going yeah. on here every hairstyle yeah. every look he's in he's in phenomenal shape i mean the guy is he's tom brady he's tom brady if tom brady couldn't throw a football yeah, not not to like extend this too long, but he's like he's the villain in Twenty Seven Dresses. I don't know if you've seen yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I've, I know um, who he is in that. Yeah, yeah. So and it's like and he's you know like you know you're not supposed to like him, but it's really hard not to like Ed Burns, right? Oh yeah. So, so when I saw that movie, it was like oh like I'm like the mechanisms of the movie 
like are telling me that I should not like him, but it's hard for me to not actually like him. So. Yeah, for our Catherine Heigl season, which I'm sure we'll do, I think in 2027, um, when we get to that movie, we're gonna have to just pretend as if it was somebody else, and we might have to just superimpose yeah. somebody else on top of him. Uh, and that jaw structure, holy lord, right? Like this guy. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, it <laughs> We could go on for a very long time about this, but we yep. will spare you folks. Thank you so much for listening. This has been She's the One on 10 Things I Hate About You. I'm Scott Spinelli. For Brian, you, please, please watch this movie, and we will catch you next week. Bye.